0: I think if there has been any silver lining whatsoever with COVID it's the fact that there has been this huge global spotlight on food supply systems and food security and the recognition that farmers are at the very front line of um, food supply and food security and also they're the front line environmentalists um, as well.
1: For the rest of the week on Dirty Linen we are going to be hanging around in the regions. Uh, I guess the topic still is staffing, labour, people but it's uh, yeah with a particular focus on farms. I think uh, early in the pandemic when I first became really engaged with the issues around visa holders not being supported by the government uh, to, I guess, sustain themselves through the pandemic. I thought first about hospitality, which is an industry that I'm closest to, but I also thought about farms because they are absolutely dependent on um, workers from overseas, a lot of backpackers, people on working holiday visas, uh, and also people that are brought in especially to work on farms. To really tease out this issue, I am really excited to be chatting to Kim McDonnell who launched Thankful which we will hear more about and then uh, I guess branching off from that Thankful for Farmers. They've got an incredible plan to not only solve this issue but really engage younger Australians in regional life that that we all rely on. So Kim welcome to Dirty Linen. Thank you so much for coming along to have a chat. Thank you um, Danny and I appreciate the opportunity to have a chat. So, let's, um, I guess, start uh, with a bit of a broad view of what Thankful is and a a little bit about uh, how you started it and why you started it.
0: Thank you. Um, So, Thankful is a social enterprise organisation and we are both multi-product as well as multi-cause, which means that all of the big challenges in the world um, that we are all currently facing are challenges that Thankful can help address and find long-term solutions for. So, um, how we work is we partner with brands who have identified what their purpose is and we help them to create social impact. Um, opportunities to really demonstrate their commitment to that cause or that issue. So Thankful was conceptualised in Australia in 2013 and is the only global lifestyle brand in the world that is supported by more than 20 years of scientific research. And that research, which I could talk about um, all day, but the big takeout is that the act of being thankful is the single most powerful tool that we can all implement on a daily basis to improve our mental health and wellness. And in this new COVID world, we know just how important mental health and wellness is and how much it's impacting every single one of us um, on it on a daily basis so it it can play a critical role Um, so the way that we work um is by partnering with those brands co-branding product and whether it's a thankful for women initiative which we have launched in the u.s to promote gender equality and eliminate violence against women or our thankful for farmers initiative which we have proudly launched here in australia to support sustainable agriculture and regional and rural communities then um, we can we can help tackle some of those big challenges
1: I love the scope and ambition, and the way that you just confidently say that you can solve all the world's big issues. I mean, that is so great. How do you like? Why is this something that you did? What's your background?
0: Um, My background. I spent all of my career in the advertising and marketing industry um, here in Australia, working for both large multinational agencies as well as smaller um, independent agencies and. After having a career, um, a successful career and starting our own agency, which we eventually sold to a um, multinational agency as well, I wanted to use those skills to do good um, and to use those skills to create positive impact and to create change. So that's where I decided that um, a a brand and an organisation like Thankful can have maximum social impact and we developed a pretty innovative business model that was um, dependent and hinges around the fact that we have globally trademarked the word Thankful as well.
1: Okay. Why is that good to globally trademark a word that we all use, hopefully, often? (laughs) We're so grateful for things.
0: And hopefully even more often. But um, the um, global trademark of the word thankful has allowed us to develop that business strategy where we can partner with brands and tackle some of those big issues through um, uh, and similar to Product Red. I don't know if you're familiar with Product Red, but it was a um, social enterprise launched by Bono about 15 years ago now, where he partners with brands to co-brand product with the product red logo. And if you happen to have a red iPhone and you turn it over, you'll see the little product red um logo on it. And it's a product for purpose model. So every single time um there's a co-branding opportunity then um with Thankful, as an example, and the same with Product Red, then we get a percentage of rev share from that product for purpose model, which helps us to create um, sustainable funding, which then helps us to provide um, funding and grants to organisations who are tackling some of those big challenges that the world is facing. So that um, revenue generating model actually allows us to be able to create that ongoing sustainable funding.
1: Okay. Okay. So the whole idea of being thankful and gratitude, it's a bit of a bumper sticker thing these days, you know, like we're all supposed to have our gratitude journals and um, yeah, it's, its I suppose it's something that you can let slide past you without really engaging with it and, and really finding the power in it. Do, can you, I know that there's 20 years of research and it's probably it's <laughs> yeah. probably a lot to say, but are you able to just explain a little bit why it is so powerful and, and whether there's a better way to use it than um I suppose just blithely what, what ho- thinking that you must be grateful for stuff
0: yeah no definitely and you know when we remember to be thankful or we acknowledge what it is that we are thankful for in a meaningful way and I think it's really important to remember it, it needs to be meaningful rather than just that flippant oh I'm thankful for um the sun shining today, it it does need to be a moment of reflection and it does need to be meaningful. But it actually has a um, chemical reaction in our brains, in the front of our brains, and it changes our cortisol um, levels. Um, But when I acknowledge somebody in my life that I'm thankful for, it actually has a chemical reaction and I tell them it has a chemical reaction in their brains as well. So whilst you are having that chemical and endorphin rush at the front of your brain by being thankful and making you feel good, the person that you're telling you're thankful for is having a chemical reaction at the back of their brain Um, and it's making them feel good um, as well and um, secure. Um, and and comforted. so it is genuinely contagious and the more that we practice and the more that we acknowledge what we have in our life to be thankful for then um, the the greater reaction and it does become a neural pathway so it becomes habit forming so um, and, and thankful is certainly not going to um, solve your problems or being thankful will not solve your problems, but it will allow you to look at them with a different perspective. Um, and it's the whole glass, glass half full versus glass half empty. So it, it helps mm. to change our perspective on how we see the challenges that we're facing.
1: Yeah, I it does resonate with me. I mean, I, I very consciously felt grateful when we were in lockdown for simple things like hot showers and yeah, running water just seemed quite miraculous and I guess you know uh we we were all in Melbourne we were walking around in our 5k uh you know perimeters and there was you know I guess I was grateful for the neighborhood I live in and you know watch starting to watch the flowers bloom as spring came on and uh yeah it's uh I guess in, in a way being in isolation or being locked down or having your horizons um, shrunken does um, force you to take notice of things in a different way and it was an opportunity that I appreciated even while (laughs) railing against um, some of the restrictions.
0: And I think it's in those really stressful times when it is most difficult um, to be thankful or to find the little things in life to be thankful for, that um, being thankful can actually be the most powerful um, and the most healing and um, there's other um, scientific benefits of being thankful um, and it's been proven that it improves our immune systems um, with increased white blood cell counts and research that's been done in the US. It's also been proven to improve relationships. Um, So being thankful is uh, multifaceted and the pro-social benefits of being thankful are greater kindness, compassion and empathy. And they're all the skills, soft skills that the world needs so much of right now, particularly in this time of crisis.
1: Definitely. Okay. So let's talk about Thankful for Farmers. Um, what, mm-hmm. What's the aim with that?
0: So Thankful for Farmers was launched here in Australia um, last October with our ambassador, um, Matt Moran, who is um, a wonderful ambassador. He's obviously built his career in the hospitality industry, but he's also a fourth generation farmer. So when we launched Thankful for Farmers last October Australian farmers were still um, living in the worst drought that we have experienced for a number of years. And then, of course, we had the bushfires and then we had COVID. But um, launching last October, we launched because we wanted to change the conversation. We knew that it was a cluttered um, environment already and there was lots of conversations and lots of supports around farmers, but a lot of those conversations were very much around charity um, or a conversation of poor farmers, they need our help. Um, And we wanted to shift that because we, and after speaking to farmers and um, other people in the industry, recognised that, None of us like charity or pity and our farmers are, are proud and resilient and an incredibly hard-working group of people and what they want is recognition of um, the value that they bring to Australian culture and economies and societies and our dinner tables every single day, three times a day. So it was a, an initiative to change that dialogue and to remind Aussie consumers as we are walking around supermarket. Um, supermarkets and filling our trolleys with the most amazing quality of produce to actually stop and think about the men and women who produce it um, for us and to shift that value equation and to have that appreciation. We also wanted um, and are determined that funds that we are able to raise through our product partnerships are used to help address some of those systemic challenges facing Australian agriculture and regional and rural communities. So um, the funding that Thankful um, provides um, is used to address some of those big big challenges rather than Band-Aid or relief funding. Um, And as much as we fully appreciate there is a need for that, um, we wanted to um, not continue to put Band-Aids on problems, but actually find solutions.
1: So what's an example of that?
0: So we um, are just um, in the process of looking at how we are going to allocate that first round of funding. But to give you an example, we have three key areas that we fund. So um, one is the farmer. How can we help the farmer to be more um, sustainable? Um, And practice sustainable agriculture moving um, forward. So, there is that um, continued and long term approach. The second is the farm. So, is there technology that we can help to develop or help farmers to implement in order to have that sustainability? And the third is the farming community, because we recognize that if regional and rural Australia is not thriving, then um, it's very difficult for um, the agriculture sector to thrive. So, what are the opportunities within? Um, regional rural communities that we can help to ensure um, that they are thriving.
1: Mm. I mean, one of the things that, you know, people often talk about when they talk about producers is the fact that our very urban population is so disconnected from where food comes from. And I suppose it's interesting uh, reflecting on what you said earlier about how being thankful creates those connections and those I guess neural networks that turn into personal networks, or have the or have the possibility of turning into those, you know, personal connections. um, That yeah, it's it's a different way of uh, of reconnecting people to where their food comes from.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I think as life has become incredibly busy and um, there is a disconnect, and we don't often stop and think about when we are sitting down at the dinner table or filling our trolleys with incredible produce uh, about how it's been produced or the process that um, has produced our food or the many hands that have touched it before we even get the opportunity of being able to consume it. And so that big. Education and connection from, you know, farm to plate um, and reminding and get uh, Aussie consumers about the, the men and women who produce it and introducing them to those men and women who produce it for us and just how significant agriculture is in our lives in so many ways from, You know the cotton and the clothes that we wear. We need a farmer to have produced that in the first place, or the sheep um, and wool that we have. And um, agriculture touches so many different industries.
1: Well, I mean, you might be lucky enough to go through your life without visiting a hospital, but you—it's impossible for you to go through your life and not need a farmer not need somebody to grow your food. Like it we talk about a silver industry. It's like it's just it's very fundamental.
0: Absolutely. And I think if there has been any silver lining whatsoever with COVID, it's the fact that there has been this huge global spotlight on food supply systems and food security and the recognition that farmers are at the very front line of um, food supply and food security, and also they're the front line environmentalists um, as well. So uh, um, there has been a increased recognition of just how critical um, farmers are.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's talk about your new initiative. Um, so I guess using the lens that I kicked off with, you know, that there's this international labour force that simply isn't around uh, in, in any. Uh, you know, to its normal degree this summer. Can you talk about, you, you know, the impacts of that and uh, and a potential solution?
0: Sure. So uh, COVID has obviously impacted our, all of our lives in so many ways and agriculture is no exception. And with the closing of international borders and even some state borders as well, it has meant that the um, seasonal labour force that agriculture is so dependent upon um, in this country has um, been disrupted and about a month ago EY produced a report which actually quantified what that labour shortage is and that labour shortage is 26,000 workers. Um, Deloitte released a report um, in July as well which estimated that if we can't address this labour shortage, then there will potentially be a shortage of produce on supermarket shelves across Australia and potential price increases, and in some instances up to 60% on supermarket shelves by Christmas as well, which in the current economic crisis, there's very few Aussie families who can afford increases in um, the cost of fresh produce and fruit and vegetables. Mm. In the last... um, Couple of months we have seen and heard so many stories of farmers who have been struggling and having to make heartbreaking decisions about what they do harvest and what they don't harvest and what they have to um, either allow to rot on trees or plough back into the ground. And whether it's um, lettuce farmers in Western Australia or farmers, spinach farmers in Victoria or zucchini farmers up in the Burdekin in Queensland, they're all making these decisions and millions of dollars of produce is um, going unpicked um, because there is simply not the labour force and is being ploughed back into the ground. And as a consequence of that, farmers are now having to make the incredibly tough decisions about what do they plant next season because this labour shortage is not a short-term problem and the opening of international... And state borders, um, we don't know when that's going to happen. So if we don't have the labour, there is no point them um, planting the same quantity that they would normally plant because it's not going to be able to be harvested. So they're making those decisions now, which um, could potentially lead to um, not just short term, but uh, longer term implications around availability um, and produce that is available and obviously, everybody in the entire food supply chain is impacted by this. It's not just the um, farmers and their incomes and their livelihoods. Mm. It's the regional communities that um, the seasonal workers come into these regional communities and live there for the um, harvest period. So they're um, bring, bringing in economic benefits as well. Those regional communities um, are suffering as a consequence of not having these workers. Um, and then it every single person in the food supply chain all the way up to the consumer ultimately will be impacted if we can't address this. So Thankful for Farmers is um, launching an initiative to one, raise awareness that this is a challenge, but it's also an incredible opportunity for us collectively as a nation to be able to work together to mobilize a workforce to create a long-term a sustainable pipeline of labour out into regional and rural Australia, so that um, we're not as dependent upon international labour, whether it's international seasonal workers or that backpacker um, community um, in our food supply chain. So we can reduce some of the fragility around that.
1: So, who are you going to get to do the do these jobs then, Kim? What's the idea? <laughs>
0: So there, obviously, um, the demographic of 18 to 25-year-olds are um, the the most mobile um, group in Australia. So we are talking specifically to um, that demographic. And there's a whole bunch of school leavers who are about to finish school. um, And we know that school leavers, 25% of them um, take a gap year every single year. And they normally head off overseas and backpack their way around South America or, Europe, and that's not going to happen in this um, current COVID world. So we're looking at encouraging them instead of backpacking to pick pack, um, and to pick pack their way around Australia. And yes, it's going to be hard work because it absolutely is hard work. But it's also a an opportunity to have an adventure of a lifetime and to explore your own back garden and to learn new skills and to create new friendships. Um, And to be part of that regional rural community, Australia, which is so welcoming, Um, yeah, and would love to have um, more more Aussies out there.
1: I mean it it sounds it sounds good, but I've heard so many stories from backpackers that have come here to pick fruit, and they're not great stories about some of the conditions that they've been they've had to work under. And those working holiday visas visa holders, I mean. they are incentivized to spend their 88 days in the regions uh, so that they can get an extra year on their visa and then they can get a third year as well with with some more um, days in the regions. A lot of those people don't have an incredibly nourishing experience like it can be of course the work can be really hard and that's that's just what it is but the conditions aren't always great um and i mean i'm wondering you know do you reckon that young australians will put up with that or do you think the conditions need to change i mean do you think that there have to be has to be a bit of a reassessment throughout the whole industry to make this plan work
0: you know, I think there's um, always going to be stories where people have not necessarily had the best possible experience and unfortunately it's um, a small minority of stories that often um, get the most uh, news um, and have the impact and the the stories that people um, hang on to. And I think undoubtedly there is an appetite from um, regional and rural Australia and farmers and a recognition that things need to be done differently in the uh, future in terms of a labour force and how can collectively both um, Australian um Australians and the Australian labor force as well as the farmers come together on this to create a a whole new supply chain of workers um, heading out to Australia and what's going to work for both so I think um, everyone is willing to and recognizes the need that things need to be done differently in the future to make this work and for it to be sustainable so and and many farmers um, are absolutely um, the majority of farmers are very committed to making sure that it is a um, a great experience and certainly um, not an unpleasant experience
1: yeah I wonder I mean the where my mind naturally goes with this is that food actually does have to cost more or perhaps the supermarkets have to pay more for Australian produce for the system to work better
0: it- It's interesting and speaking to um, several farmers, they have said um, exactly that and going back to the very reason for thankful for farmers, it's to change that value equation and to change the narrative. And if we recognise the number of hands and the process that food has to go through in order for us to be able to have the luxury of it. Appearing in our supermarket shelves and then on our dinner tables, then we will fully appreciate just how much um, effort goes into it, and therefore we wouldn't expect it to be at particular price points. Um, And you know, the case in point is milk. If we understood the process that um, dairy farmers go through to enable milk to be in our supermarkets, then there is no way we would expect to pay a dollar a litre um, for milk as an example so the more understanding there is the more acknowledgement there is and the more recognition there is then um, it's going to be a much easier conversation with consumers um, and with farmers.
1: It's an interesting one isn't it because you know your contention begins with this idea that if people can't get their produce off to market then the price of produce goes up Um, but then we sort of circle back around to this idea that prices actually do need to go up but, you know, they need to go up because the produce is being picked and valued um, and brought to market in in such a way that returns its, you know, its real value back to the people that have put the work into growing it.
0: Correct. Prices, um, we we don't want prices going up because of scarcity. Um, We want prices to go up because there is that recognition of the value um, that it, it brings to our lives on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, and I suppose then I think, well, you know, we started this by saying people can't afford to pay more for food because it's tough times. But then I guess it's like, well, if people do pay more for food, perhaps they just also need to learn how to use it better. And I know that food waste is such a problem, you know, in in households that perhaps if we are paying Let's say not the 60% that you've flagged might relate, um, might flow from scarcity. Perhaps if it's a 20, 20, or 30% that might um, flow from paying the farmers properly, um, then perhaps you, people will be able to recoup that by making more of their produce um, when it's when it hits the home.
0: And food wastage is obviously a, a huge challenge. And um, there's a global stat that. Um, approximately 30% of all food that is produced does not even make it to supermarket shelves Um, and that is a stat that's just as relevant here in Australia as well so I think there is and we're seeing more and more of it with imperfect produce which nutritionally is just as good as any other produce it just doesn't look quite as good so I think It's all very much part of the same conversation. How can we reduce wastage? How can we make sure that the food that we are consuming is as nutritionally sound as possible and as fresh as possible? And to do that, we need to shorten the gap between farm um, to plate as well. So um, it is a um, complex um, infrastructure. It is a complex problem, but it captures everything from sustainable agriculture and the way the food is um, produced all the way through to food wastage. Um, and, um, and and labour integrity as well.
1: Mm, yeah, there, it's. I mean, when you start talking about it, you realise that. It's, it is, it is all so connected and I guess, you know, it's back to that idea of being thankful uh, being a way to connect as well. So, yeah, it does seem like a very rich way to look at things. Um, <clears throat> can you talk about some of the ways that you, you plan to incentivize this pickpacking journey? Just I've had the um, privilege of having a look at your um your campaign and I love some of these initiatives around stickers and passports and I guess highlighting the people that have um, taken themselves off to the regions and picked picked produce.
0: Yes, so one of the things um, that we are looking to do, we, we want this to be uh, a genuine um Adventure, and we want this to be a positive experience for all Australians. And if we can, as part of this process, reignite a love of urban, uh, sorry, regional and rural Australia, then that is um, something that we're committed to doing as well. So we're working with a number of different um, brands and organizations um, to incentivize and to reward and to recognize um just the the contribution that pickpackers will make to um australia and the fact that um pickers will be playing a significant role and engaging with them um post and throughout their experience and also engaging with different audiences so looking um to, to parents, so that they can proudly say, My kid's a picker um, and helped out this summer or is pickpacking their way around Australia. So, putting some kudos um, around that. So, we are, um, we've got some great initiatives scheduled and we're very much looking forward to um, launching.
1: Yeah, it sounds great. Well, I've got teenagers and I would definitely um, put this in front of them and <laughs> tell them to get out there uh, because, um, yeah, they're not going to be backpacking. Uh, through Europe, and I think, I, as a parent, I also think it, it would be uh, great for them to be, you know, out there getting a bit sweaty and dirty, and really gaining a sense of um, where their where their food comes from. And and I suppose once you've seen, well, once you've been part of that labour chain that brings food to the table, hopefully that creates a generation of of consumers that really uh, do understand. Uh, that they need to be thankful for the food that is so abundant in Australia.
0: And I think once you've been part of the um, food supply chain as well, you have that appreciation. So you are um, more likely to want to acknowledge and be thankful for the fact because you understand just how hard it is. Um, So if we can, you're so right, if we can get that whole generation um, having that experience, then it's going to have a generational and multi-generational impact as well.
1: Mm. So Kim, where should people look out for the launch of this campaign and how they can engage with it?
0: So we are launching next week and we're launching with a website as well as with um, multiple partners and there will um, be uh, social media um, around it as well. So Um, If they continue to check the Thankful for Farmers website, they'll be able to um, see all the details and um, directions of where to go and what's next.
1: Brilliant. So, um, Kim, any final words on on the work that you're doing and uh, how we could um, engage with it or think about it or or think about being thankful for stuff?
0: Yes, I think, you know, um, one of my favourite proverbs is that if you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go far, you go together. And it's so important that we do all work on this collaboratively. And we recognise that this is an incredible opportunity um, to do things differently. Um, And if we all come together and address some of the big challenges that the world is facing, then we're going to have a far greater impact um, working together than we are individually. So we are very open to collaboration and we believe it's the only way that we can have that positive impact in the world. So um, would encourage everybody to to um, check out our Thankful for Farmers and also to check out Thankful to see um, what is possible. It's thankful.org or Thankful for Farmers with the numeric4.com.au um, and encourage you all to be part of this conversation.
1: Thank you so much, Kim. It's a real it's really exciting to hear uh, yeah the energy and um, I guess Thoughtful research and and optimism that you're putting into this project. And I look forward to engaging with it um, for a long time to come as we go far together. <laughs> Thank you so much, Danny, and looking forward to that. This is Dirty Linen, and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.
0: This is a Deep in the Weeds production.